from worlds beyond to right at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to all my fantasy children. My name is Eric Atano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is All My Fantasy Children. It's a character creation, world building, and storytelling podcast where each week Jeff and I talk about what bugs we're most afraid of. Uh, I love bugs. I think bugs are great. Do you not like bugs? No, you don't have any bug fears though. No, bugs are great. They're love they're just they're neat little they're neat little things. You are are the bravest motherfucker alive? Are you? That's sick? not true. Bees, like I don't want to yeah. get stung. I don't want to get stung by a bee or a wasp. I wanted like, to talk about how afraid I am of bees. But like, I mean, you just gotta not bother them and just let it be. You just let it kind of hang out. You just let it fly by. You just let it still. You just you just chill. The buzz doesn't do anything to you. Like I get terrified. Like I was trying to face my fear of bees because it's bad. Like I'll run. I'm that person who runs. And I was watching bee removal videos yesterday when, like, the person comes and puts them to sleep. And, like, you know, when you have, like, European hornets ruining your life in your garage. And I'm, like, trying to face my fear with headphones on and have, like, the buzz in my ears. Mm-hmm. Jeff, I gotta say, I'm a coward. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't, I don't mind bees. I think they're fine. They're, they're, I, I don't, like I said, I, if, if one comes up on me, I'm just gonna stand real still until it departs, but I'm not gonna, like, have a panic attack i think it's just you know you let it you let it you let it go you let it do its thing you're a badass i i just i just like bugs i just think i they're, like I, them i, know I their just think stuff, they're neat what about roaches roaches well i mean roaches like i've lived with mm-hmm. uh, is an unfortunate fact but like <laughs> i mean yeah I, roaches are fro- like mosquitoes they're I don't like to get stung. Like, again, like, I don't like to be physically harmed by a thing, but, like, I'm also not gonna, like, I'm not gonna, you know, have, a, like, an episode. Like, I'm not gonna, like, get scared. Like, I just don't, I don't want to be physically hurt, but yeah. at the same time, like, I understand that, like, there are basic, you know, the basic steps of precaution at that point were just passing in the night. I am, I've just been shaking my head this whole time because I was expect. I really was expecting you to be like, okay, here's my list of bugs that scare me. Because no, like, I when bugs. I, like my grandma's backyard is like real damp. So it's mosquito country. And like, I have an anxious, like when I feel one on me or I see one on me, I'm like, <gasps> like I, I don't like, I don't like the, I don't think things that can hurt me. And then I'm afraid that they will. Which is probably a deep layer of issues. <laughs> sure, that sounds that sounds more sort of like you think. It, no, it absolutely is. I have nothing personal. It's nothing personal, kid. But it's just like I don't know. I'm I'm just afraid of bees. Like, like bad. Like a yellow jacket. They seem they like sting. they just want to hurt me. Yeah, I get. I mean, I I like I absolutely understand it. But at the same time, like it's just not a thing that I am personally spooked out by. Do you have any animals that like f- make cause you fear? Uh, I mean, a lot of them. Really? You're afraid of a lot of animals? You ever been around a cow, Aaron? I mean, wait, are you being serious? Yeah, have you ever been around a cow? Those things are like 4,000 pounds. Oh, yes, yes, And we'll just, like, run. Like, we'll just (laughs) run at you. See, I thought this was my time, though. I would accept it. Like, I, but I mean, like, an animal that you just see and you're just, like, shook. Is there one? Um, because I'm legitimately trying to think if there's an animal that, like, legit makes me uncomfortable. Like, listeners at I, home, I, I hope you're hearing this, too. I am in shock. I I'm afraid of, like, everything. I can't think of any. 
I can't think of anything. I feel like all of my fears are related to, you know, doing basic human tasks. Okay, like, no, that's fair as I feel well. like I have so much fear around, like, talking on a phone that, like, you know, I see a bee and I'm like, well, that's nothing. That's nothing compared to ordering a pizza. That's not going to ask me, like, my opinions. It's not going to ask me a movie that I like. And mm. then I'm going to have to explain the movie that I like. Feel that. That's just going to be a bee. Okay, I mean, I'm way more afraid of, like, you know, being on an elevator with someone and them trying to make small talk. This is some deep shit. Welcome to all my fantasy children. Deep. About fears. Like, <laughs> We're just going to talk about fears today. Je- no, I'm kidding. But that's fascinating. Because I'm like, That's where my fear lives. Jeez. Uh, I'm completely the inverse where, like, I stress out around, like, bees, bugs. If I see a roach, I start, like... You know, I have to clean my apartment aggressively and, like, I won't be able to sleep. Like, when I lived in Philly, I had a mouse. Oh, my God. I was losing my mind. Like, no, I couldn't I function. Ugh, I, I envy you. I mean, that's partially also because I live in the city and, I like, I see, I see like, mice and rats on the reg. I oh, just, you know. absolutely. But I don't want them near me. That stresses yeah. me out. Little buddies. See, this is, this is why the combination of efforts makes this show the ultimate podcast. Just little like, buddies. <laughs> All right. What's getting you excited this week? I have to know. Oh, gosh. Um, tomorrow I'm going to see uh, the Muppet movie is back in theaters. What? And we're going tomorrow night like Sick. for a limited run because it's the 40th anniversary. So we're going to see the Muppet movie tomorrow. That's magical. So that's what's really got me jazzed up right now. That's what's been really giving me life this week. Because uh, it's great. I love the Muppet movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I, I really... I, I am deeply into the Muppet lore and the Muppet canon, so, like, I'm a big, I'm very, like, so very hyped for that. I fuck with it. I love it. It's very good. That's my thing. I um, love Muppets. I, you really do. It makes me very, what's your, who's your favorite Muppet? Um, bam, I'm a basic bitch. I like Hermit. <laughs> <laughs> so definitive. You're on fire today. So definitive, so matter of fact, so quick. <laughs> I like, I'm basic bitch. There's nothing. No, I love the Kermit is also my favorite Muppet. Kermit's great. He's Kermit great. Is I great. love Kermit. I love Ker- I love Rolf. I love Kermit. You know, I don't think there's beats. a Muppet I don't like. That's fair. I think I'm, I'm trying to think of like Muppets that I'm like actively like I don't. I think like the only ones I could probably point to are maybe some of the like Muppets Tonight Muppets, but like even then, I think there are scenes in which I think they really shine. Yeah, like I'm, I would, I would have probably said Pepe Prawn until I watched the the ABC series, and then I was like, well, that's actually like he's been he was great in that, like he was a great character. So like I don't think there's a Muppet I could point to and say like I don't want to watch this character. My goal for the show is kind of to have that tone with for like what the Muppets have, where everybody's like, I don't hate that character. Like they prefer Kermit sometimes over the shrimp, over the prawn, but sure. they don't hate the prawn. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, what's getting me excited, and I'll transition it into Prompt Town. So I've been watching an anime that is getting me all riled up. It's called Demon Slayer and then colon Kimetsu no Yaiba. And it's about like, um, it's about kids who are like young people who are demon slayers. It's like if the world were full of like people who turn into demons once you get attacked and then you have to like consume humans. And the people who have to hunt them. But the important thing is the difference is the main character, uh, Tanjiro, it's all about kindness and being sympathetic and empathetic, like having empathy for these people because they were once humans. Mm-hmm. So every time that Tanjiro kills someone, like, you know, he has to cut the demon's head off. That's what gets rid of them because they're like killing lots of people. 
But there's always a part at the end where he's like holding their hands as they like drift. And he like, you know, he comforts them and makes them feel good because he knows that like they were a person once. All right. And I can dig that. It's like beautiful. That. Oh, my God. They put such an emphasis on, like, being kind, like, that this is an unfortunate thing, but, like, you know, that this is an act, almost like an act of, like, releasing someone from the grasp of, like, a demon lord. Yeah, I can down with that. I, I, I that dig that. That sounds cool. And it made me, I sent you that brain tickler this weekend. I look, uh, Listeners, I send Jeff really big walls of text sometimes of, like, this is what I'm thinking about. Baby, baby, just get it, tickle it, and round in your noodle, and tell me what you think later on. First of all, um, the prompt is this week, because, of course, we take a listener prompt, we spin it into an original fantasy character populating a shared universe one story at a time. The prompt is prompt. This prompt, prompt came to us from, from friend of the, the show, show Taylor Labresh. Made of plants, they reach to the sun while their roots hold them deep. Love it. I dig Love it a lot. It. Dig it. Fan. And, Been a fan of that prompt. Um, I wanted to ask you, if, if do you want to talk about what I mentioned about warlocks? Is that something curious to you, or do you want to shift to something lighter? That's fine. I'm fine with that. I'm fine going wherever, wherever we want to go. So, lifting from the show and kind of adapting it, I was thinking about uh, how that makes me think of our show a lot about, like, choosing kindness and empathy. And I was thinking about, in fantasy, there are demons. They are beings of another dimension, another plane, that are, there's two fundamental, like, powers at work in the universe, chaos and order. Everything that we've been talking about in the show is uh, of chaos energy. And then on the other side, order are demons, which oppose beings of fantasy and oppose everything. And when pieces of order energy cross over into fantasy, they become demons. And, you know, do bad stuff. But I was thinking, mm-hmm. but if a demon crosses over to the material plane or fantasy, basically, would they start being affected by chaos energy and kind of becoming like even a fraction of them, like a denizen of fantasy? Like they'd start feeling things. They'd start feeling compassion, sadness, anger, you know, happiness, joy and things like that. And basically, like my my first thought was anyone can kill a demon, like, anybody can drive the sword through a demon, blah, no, and then they fade into the mist and the town cheers. But we mentioned in Liberty Peridot that they come back. Sometimes demons come back, and no one knows why, and you just kind of hope you keep fighting and killing it until it stops coming back. And that made me, I was thinking about Liberty Peridot's story a lot, and it made me sad to think about, like, that's your kind of life, is worrying about the next time it comes back. So I was thinking about what a warlock is in fantasy, and perhaps it's someone who releases a demon's hold on this plane by, like, understanding them, figuring out why they're still coming back, kind of solving their unfinished business and putting them at peace. And that's the link of, like, a warlock communes to a demon that's, like, in tabletop games. But in mm-hmm. our world, it would be, like, someone who's, like, you know, they're coming back because they're 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 here for a reason. They're not just coming back to wreak havoc sometimes. Like, you know, it's case by case basis. And is a warlock someone who kind of sets demons free? I can dig that. I can get down with that. I fucks with that. Okay, cool. So, let's start at the prompt. What do you sure. think of it? Made of plants, they reach to the sun while their roots hold them deep. Is that metaphorical? I don't I, I kinda didn't think so. Okay. I kind of felt like that that felt very that felt literal to me. Okay. Is that this is a person who is this is a person made of plants or a, a group of people made of plant 
I I I dig the idea that this is that this is because that's that's a weird cool idea that I'd like to kind of play around with. Give me give me your first impressions on that prompt, please. Uh, my first impression is that this is literally like uh, either one person or a group of people that are that are plant people essentially, and I don't know. You know, it's a very rough sketch, but the idea that these are people who. I don't know. I don't know if I want it to be literal. I'm saying it out loud, and it's it's ringing false to me. So I don't know if I want it to be literal or not. Well, here's the thing that that you when we would it's it's something that you told me about like a long time ago. When you think about like people in a fantasy setting, that can be many things. This sure. can be like that can be say like a demon. It can be uh like a nymph. You know what I mean? It can be some kind of like you know plant entity, like a plant spirit. It can be a lot of things. So it doesn't have to be like a community of people. They read, mm-hmm. it can be like dryads, you know what I mean? Right. Or treants. It can be lots of things. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it can be like a haunted tree. It can be a haunted, you know what I mean? It can be lots of stuff. Yeah. So what do you, what kind of direction do you want to move in? Because they reach to the sun while their roots hold them deep. So it's, I'm thinking that means they can't move. I dig that. I dig the idea that they can't, they're in place. I kind of like the idea that it's like a demon of some sort. I like I like plant demons. I love them a lot. I'm into that. I'm into yeah. that. So is it a community of plant demons? Is it a forest of plant demons? You know, a region? Is it or is it just like one? I like it being one. I think it's 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 a it's a singular a singular entity that okay. is as mu- that is a plant that is endlessly reaching towards. The sun, but also just sources of great and terrible power. Okay. So let's, hmm, has a good place to start for this plant. So we have a plant. Is it a tree? Is it a bush? Is it a flower? Is it a beanstalk? You know, what's, hmm. what are you seeing? I'm seeing a tree. Me I'm too. seeing like a, like a tree covered in crawling vines and big spindly branches. Very like, oakish very like just a very big scary looking tree okay and is it after you know is it just doing bad stuff is it poisoning uh of region is it standing alone in a field you know i like standing alone in a field okay it is reaching for the sun yes right yes that's the that's the prompt so i feel like what it's it is is the sun here, I think maybe the sun is metaphorical in that it is like reaching for, it is like sucking out the, the, the life force, like energy sources, essentially. Like mm. it is absorbing sunlight. So like it continues to grow and then like everything around it is like, like it is sucking out the sunlight. So the plants are drying out and like it is this cold, icy, like this is dope dead grass region as it just like grows and grows in like all directions right like it says it's like reaching into the earth as well yeah well their roots hold them deep so so it's like plunging deeper it's like plunging up and down at the same time as it like just sucks at like sucks and sucks and consumes and consumes so what you're saying is it absorbs light but quite positive like 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 a spectrum of light like it's in a so this is like a shadowy field like a we so what we're seeing is this tree this gnarled terrifying tree you know ancient super huge wide and like you know thousands of rings reaching so high perhaps like even the image of it is like you see branches kind of shaped like an upward like a palm facing upward reaching toward the sky yeah and like you know with leaves growing on it and stuff and it's actually funneling light into itself 
Yeah. And so nothing around it can survive. Animals can't graze. Nothing can live. Right. Where did it come from? Is it just a demon tree? Hmm. Does a demon inhabit the tree and is reaching toward the light for something? Do we mm. want to know who the demon is? Do we want to know who the warlock is? You know, it can be both. Hmm. I kind of want to know both. Okay, good. Um, let's start with the demon. All right. You know, let's start with this tree. I think, because this tree is really interesting to me, um, because the image that we're giving is, like, in a barren field, it's, like, absorbing sunlight and things like that. It seems like kind of, like, a fruitless quest. I I feel sorry thinking about it, to be completely honest, because I'm seeing an open field and just, like, this hand tree reaching. It's never going to grab the sky. It's just drinking a bunch of sun and killing some plants. You know, it's not really doing a lot of damage, but it's growing and growing, and, like, you know, this region is suffering as a result. I don't think it's, like, a mustache-twirling villain. No. I'm trying to decide if I want it to go and, like, if I want it to be, like, consciously doing this, or, or just... just a bad tree. Yeah. Okay, then I have a pitch for you. Because what I'm seeing, then, is I want to focus on the land that it's on, then. Because that would mean that this is, like, we said an open field. It could be, like, a desert. You know, like this, it has, this tree has then sapped what was once possibly a lush region, like full of plants and life into like a desert, like an arid, uninhabitable desert. The sun, it's pulling the sun, possibly like it reaches for the sun, right? Is the prompt? Yeah. 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 Possibly it's making it hotter there as well. It's pulling the, it's pulling the sun closer to fantasy. Yeah. You know, it's pulling, it's just pulling, it's just like pooling the, the, the light and the heat. So it's this, like, almost, like, sun tundra? Mmm, yeah. Where it's just, like, it's hard to look straight because it's just, like, it's almost like you're having snow blindness, but there's just more light here. Oh, Like, there's just more light and heat, and it's like you're in, like, you're in, you know, an oven. Everything kind of shimmers, because what I'm seeing is the sun is so strong from this tree pulling the light in the sun that it's even, like, melted the grains of sand, and they've formed, like, this, it's almost like the desert is almost like a sheet of glass. So it, like, it reflects, and it sparkles, and it's just blinding, and it, it is just sounds like a miserable place. Yeah, and I think it's, like, it's hot for two reasons, because it's also pulling from below, where either it's, like, underground, <gasps> Ooh, and so, it's just, oh. like, pulling and pulling and taking and taking. So I think, like, if we're going to go after, like, what its human impulse is, yeah, I think that that, I think that that is what it is. That's kind of cracked it for me, in that it's just, it wants. Yeah. It I- is just taking, and it is just taking, and... And a whole like it's just taking and it's just like it's 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 greed. It's a greedy. It's a greed. It's, it's a, a greed dragon. Tree. It's a dragon sitting on its hoard. But in this case, its hoard is light and heat and you know yeah a, like fret like a like it's taking like all of the things that plants take, but it's taking them to a malicious degree. Yeah, of course. So it's like in the areas directly around it, it's like hard to breathe. Like you're on top of a mountain because it's like grabbing. It's just grabbing at the oxygen and like taking it. And then you get here, and you're, like, lightheaded because there's too much oxygen. Okay, I dig that. No plants can grow. There's no minerals. And even if there were minerals, it's pulling, like, fucking lava up with its roots. And, like, everything is just hot. And so there's just periodically, like, explosions because there's all this oxygen and then just heat. And so periodically it just, boom, and then there's, like, a fire. And so things are burning. It is, And it's just slowly, like, you know 
luxuriating in that. I love that there's this, because in real life, it's hot outside, and I've been meaning to talk about, like, how can we make it talk about being hot? So I'm thinking about, like, getting near this place, you're, like, comfortable, and then you're like, oof, I better take off my jacket. And then, like, the idea of getting close to this tree for a normal person unprepared is, like, you can't even get close enough to really see it without, like, a telescope. Right. Or else you would, like, it'd be, like, approaching the sun. It kind yeah. of wants to become the sun. It wants to become the sun. Yes. And then if... Oh. It's also in its own... So, really, like, I wouldn't even say it's greed. It's, like, at that point, it's envy. Oh. At that point, it's, I want to be the sun. I want to be the most... I want to be that which is the most powerful. I want to be the center of everything. I want to be the center of the universe, where everything orbits around me. Impulse. That it, it is just this impulse that it is acting upon forever. So our warlock is someone that will go and understand this and, like, help it, help bring it a sense of peace where it no longer needs that. And we'll kind of figure out how that happens, who the person is that decides to do this and then follows through with it. All of those things. Okay. So let's roll a d6 to find the warlock's pronouns. Uh, five. So they are a warlock. Yes. And my first question is, like, um, beast folk? Sure. Go with that. Um, what's an animal you're digging these days that you've been thinking about? Uh, bee. Ooh, I like that. A honeybee? Bumblebee? Yellow jacket? Honey, uh, yellow jacket, sure. Yellow jacket. My greatest cool fear comes to life. Person. Cool. A bee person warlock. So it's a yellow jacket warlock. They are young, experienced. What are you feeling? Hmm. Like a seasoned warlock? Like I think level I'm, 20? I'm feeling young. I'm feeling like this is, this is their... This is their moment, right? This, like, this is, is their, their moment. This is so. I think they're they're a little young, a little older than young, a little younger than old. Okay, early adulthood, maybe early to mid twenties. And kind of just breaking down this concept of a warlock. Is it someone who understands that the it's understands the composition of the universe of our show, which is order and chaos, or is it just someone who you know what feels bad for demons, or is it someone who's like I understand that like you know I or do they you know, can they commune with demons? Is it like that tabletop concept? Hmm. You know, what kind of direction do you want to go with this? If it's someone who's actively going out and saying, this person, this, 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 um, yellow jacket is saying, I want to help demons. I want to release the world of like, you know, they're hurting people. It's causing some problems. But more importantly, like, I feel for them and I don't want them to hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, is it, do you just travel the world doing that? You know what I mean? Where does that come from? Where does that come from? You know what I'm saying? Should we roll? I want to, could we do something out of the ordinary and start yeah. with a background? Sure. Because if there's like a war, just to get our kind of our brain cooking, you know, if we were to do this in a real fan, like a real tabletop setting, we'd probably roll on backgrounds first. Yeah, we can get down with that. Okay. Yeah. Instead Let's of see. just winging it and kind of like scrambling through, I kind of want to like have in place what their life is and what their goals are to find out what led them to the quest of this, this, the, the tree of soul. So I have a background that immediately kind of starts to give me this, give me a picture. Okay. I popped it open and I found demonologist. Oh, a person yes. who studies, a person who studies demons and devils. That alone gives you a lot of that's information. That's what I mean. I think that's, I think that tells me a lot about why they have started to do this as someone that is like, 
as someone that is, they're like, well, but why is this happening? Yeah. Why are these, why, why are these things happening? Right? It's, like, yes, it's a scientist. Like it is, yeah. a, it's that questioning of like, this is a phenomenon that happens in our world and we accept like across, it. There are stories of this. There are stories of these things happening, of beings with great power that when you kill them, they then come back. Like, this is a thing that happens across, you know, across this world that we live in. Yeah, and you, they would have to notice that these beings have something attached to them. Like, you know, Limnig Locust was clearly a being of, like, greed and power, you know? Right. And, you know, there's demons that have always have some sort of human quality to them. And it would take someone like a demonologist to be like, okay, what does that mean? Are they becoming yeah. more like us every time they cross into this plane? It can't be yeah. just as simple as like, you kill it, it goes away. You know, especially right. when they don't. Clearly, we're doing something wrong. So this person's like a scientist. And how did they get into this? Oh, I guess we'll maybe we'll find out for our backgrounds. Uh, I feel like, yeah, let's give me a D8 for a personality trait. Okay. Uh, that's a one, actually. I think we can relate more to demons than celestials. Stop. That is not what it is. Yeah. Okay. That's what it says. I think they see the... Well, I think they... I think if I may throw out a pitch. Of course. Go ahead. I think they... I think they see the human impulse. Yeah, of course. I think they see that they, they are able... They're somebody that like... Maybe they kind of... Maybe they live in the shadow of this... Of this tree, Right. Like if this tree is their moment, if this is the first one that they've 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 gone after, maybe they see it and they see the heat and light gathering and they they can they look at that and they look up at the sun and they kind of go, are you trying to replace the sun? Yeah, like you're like, I, I feel like we asked the question at the beginning, like, is this metaphorical? I think this is the person, the type of person who would be like, there's something deeper than like made of plants. They reach to the sun while their roots hold them deep. They'll be like, you're locked in place and you want to replace the sun like. That's that's more than just chaotic rampage, you know what I mean? Some kind of berserk demon running rampant, destroying a town. That's deeper. Like, you want something. You don't mm -hmm. just want to hurt. You want to become something more than you are. You want to overcome something. There, there are needs and wants here. And I think, so, my pitch to you is... A lot of this, I feel like, would have to do with our idea of comic books that we've had, where mm -hmm. it's, you said they relate more to demons. Like, you, what is it? What was the, what was the? I, I think we can relate more to demons than celestial. So a lot of fantasy is comic books, which are historical retellings of, like, heroic tales and events. I think this is someone to be like, you know, they're reading these comics about demons getting killed in history books and history and all. So-and-so rose up, killed the demon. And then I think they, I think they see the pattern of, like, and then generations later, they killed the same one. Why is it coming back and doing the same thing? Because the demons yeah. would then come back and just do the same shit again. Yeah. You know, like if you just cut down this tree, it would just grow back and keep reaching toward the sun. So I think this is someone's like, they're way more human, or for lack of a better term, than we're giving them credit for. This is deeper than, you know, you can't just stab it. Clearly, it's like, you know, we talked about our approach to monsters on in fantasy where it's like it's not always just you go out in the woods and you stab something yeah so i think this is someone who's kind of seeing that approach as well of like we you can't clearly there's something deeper going on right like what is happening and how can we if not stop it how can we at least make peace with it on our end so that like you know all of us collectively live in a better world yes yeah yeah yes oh i love that like that that feels that feels like a good start to their story is seeing this tree and going like are you are you trying to replace the sun yeah 
and starting to like understand that impulse. Yeah, like what is it you want? And just starting to ask questions and seeing it, seeing a demon is more than just like, you know, a being that opposes us, you know? Mm-hmm. Shit. Give me a D6 for an ideal. Animal D6, go. Five, ant. Logic. Emotions must not cloud our sense of what is right and true or our logical thinking. Hmm. It's the, I mean, that's the scientific impulse, right? That's, yeah, of that's, 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 you know, my gut tells me that you are just going to consume the world. Yeah. You know, that's what, that's what my gut tells me is that you're just, is that this is a terrifying monster, this tree, this sun tree. Okay. Can I have a pitch for you on that? Because yeah. I really like it. Because we're talking about their background, like who they are and things like that. I think this is how they live their life as a demonologist, trying to figure out ways. Like they've spent year. What's their name? Um, can I can I give you a pitch on a name? Sure. My entire childhood playing baseball, there was a kid who was like dominant from Burlington County. It's such a fantasy name, and I've been thinking about it for weeks. His name is Ace Robinson. So sure. is this is this Yellow Jackets named Ace at least? Uh, Doctor Desmond Ace. Fuck, that's very good. I mean, they've got to have a doctorate. They've got to have a doctorate. So it's got to be Dr. Dr. Ace. Okay. So Dr. Ace um, spends their entire life being like, you know, demonologists and fantasy would be people like, what are better ways when like when a demon shows up, how do we handle it besides like dispatching a hero? Blah, yeah. blah, blah, stupid shit. And then finally, I think they, they come upon this tree. You know, everyone knows about this tree in this region, in this desert of glass and this like, you know, horror zone that you can't go near. It's too damn hot. They pull out their telescope and they peek at it. And I think they see a moment of growth when like the it kind of looks like an arm, you know, reaching up mm-hmm. when they see it re- like just moving a little bit. And I think they hear like a groan of wood, like the sound of like an ache of effort, some like like creak from the wood and they're like this is deeper than that and this is what kind of turns their world upside down of like we must apply logic and not emotion and that was their moment of like we i'm not like i don't think dr ace is a what's the word if you're not compassionate a selfish person or like yeah i don't think they're empathetic yeah like I, i think this is someone who like had a moment and realized that this is more than what we think it is based on for sure yeah I like this a lot. I think that's cool. I think that's cool. Why don't you give me a D6 for a bond? Six, eagle. To the I owe a debt I can never repay to the person who took pity on me. Was it a demon? So uh, I, have, well, I have a pitch for this. <laughs> okay. I have a pitch for this for a very specific scene that I saw unfold in my head. Okay. It is sort of tying into the idea of warlock powers and warlock packs yeah. and a debt that can never be repaid. Yeah. I think, like I said, I'm picturing this as somebody that grew up near the sun tree. I love it. I'm about this. And, like, this was, like, they just kind of grew up around it, hearing the stories of, like, well, it's going to come, like, the sun tree will come for us. You know, its wall of fire and its wall of fire and blinding light will come for us, and we just have to keep moving. Mm. Or we go in, we can stake it, you know, we can stake it and crush it, but it will just, its roots will force it up somewhere else. Yeah. And they, they, the Dr. A spent their whole childhood and life go watching this thing and see having these many moments of seeing it and going like, but it's, it's, it's growing, but it's specifically like reaching for the sun. Like, like if you, if you map, map it here, here and here. So they kind of just embark mm-hmm. and they go, I'm going to figure this out. I like this. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to talk to this. I'm going to figure out. I'm going to study this tree. 
If it means I have to literally go up to it and ask it point blank what it wants, I'm going to go do that. I like the idea that this has been around since childhood. Like doc- oh, yeah. when when Ace, when Dr. Ace was young, you know, they were someone who like sees it from really far away and is like, you know, feels some sort of connection with this demonic presence that's like causing havoc and you know i imagine like every day you look out that window you see this tree and you grow a little and you're like what is it you're after like no one Mm -hmm. knows what it wants but us like you and me the narrators right now yeah everyone thinks it's just this hand that's causing all this fire and like you know people have theories about where the heat comes from and it's a demon it wants to destroy everything and i think this is someone who why what, why do you think it's this person? Was it, did they, what did they feel that's different? Like, you know what I mean? What pushed them toward the, the, the path of empathy toward a demon? I don't know. I think they might have just been an empathetic person. They might have just been an idol. I feel like this is, I feel like everything that we've described, their moments of growth is just they're someone who is an idol dreamer. Okay. They're just kind of someone that loses themselves and just kind of, you know, their thoughts trail. And I think they're honestly... They- huh? Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and I, I think the a lot of it is um, what we said. Fuck, I just lost my train of thought. Let me get it back. Yeah, if the tree is around, like, and you spend your days thinking about it, it's kind of like when... It, I don't know if I want to go that personification thing. Like, you know, I don't know if it would become, like, kind of personified and romanticized and being like, I need to kind of understand you. You know what I mean? It's a constant presence in your life. I think that's somebody, I think they're the kind of person that would do that. Like, I think that tells me, like, the kind of person they are. Yeah. That, like, to do all of this means they are the kind of person who would go, like, but I have to understand why this is happening. Like, they're so nice, is kind of what I'm getting at. Like, this is such a wonderful person, and I'm like, what leads you down that road as a demonologist? You know, was it... Did, was there a, like, I'm trying to think Link Tabletop Warlock and this Warlock, where it's like, was there a moment when, like, the tree, they could have sworn spoke to them? So, like, you talked to them in a dream, you know, well, something. see, I think it's that, like, I think, I think at this part in the story, they're just idly wandering. Okay. Because I think I can get to the t- traditional Tabletop Warlock stuff. Like, I have a strong idea f- that ties it into that. Okay. So they, they go. They go to this tree. They brave the journey, they lose their jacket, they lose all of their gear, they lose their, they lose their common clothes, their hooded cloak, the weapon that they are proficient with, their bedroll, six Saturn scrolls, their pouch containing exactly (laughs) five gold, their three to six books about demons and devils, uh, which could possibly include Origins of Demons and Devils, Origins of Demons, Origins of Devils, the Batsu of Bat-Tor, the Tenari of the Abyss, the Blood War Fiend Folio, Guide to the Lower Plains, Summoning Rites and Binding Procedure, Fiendish Familiars and Their Masters, and the like. D&D is so (laughs) great. Isn't D&D the best? (laughs) <laughs> but um they they get there and they they shed all these things and they spend this time studying and they start realizing they start studying and they start seeing pieces of it and they see like flares happen and they start to piece together like i think that you're trying to become the sun i think that you're jealous of the sun and you want to be the the, the center of the universe and they study this thing and they finally come to this understanding and then they are and then they are consumed to ash whoa okay fuck they wake up weeks later, somewhere else in the world. Of course. To the news that the sun tree has gone out. And that light that light and warmth has scattered and th- the plants have started to come back to life. And it's not perfect. Damage has been done, but there is signs of growth. What happened? The sun tree was understood. There was a moment of connection there. 
And perhaps it took pity on this researcher that spent so long and gave up so much of themselves to travel to this place to reach a conclusion that was all too obvious. And so in its final, in its moments, as it slowly like became one with the greater universe of chaos, it used a little bit of its immense, immense power that it has hoarded over generations to bring this person back to life. And now they are alive again with a debt that they can never repay to the person that took pity on them. Wow. And therefore they have this warlock power, this this second life, this understanding of demons that has been, you know, given to them by this being that was beyond power. And now they are, they have to decide what to do with that. And then perhaps that is why they wander the world, like studying these demons and going, well, no, it's not just that we, we have to understand them. It's how we bring them to peace. I love this. I want to talk about the moment that that Dr. Ace approaches the tree, because that yeah. is what is most appealing to me, is what is the understanding? So the tree is a being that wants to become the center of the universe. That kind of means, like, it wants, what, attention? It wants, uh, you know, it, it wants adoration. What does it want? You know what I mean? Like, if this was a human, being like, I want to be the center of the universe. Is this someone who, like, wants to be noticed? What's the human quality? Does it want someone to acknowledge their existence? You know, sometimes all you need sometimes as a person is like, okay, because what the image that I'm getting is if I were alone in a field, in a desert of glass, you know, and no one could come near me, no one could approach me or they burned up. I've seen countless people. I know my quest is to be important, is to be wanted, is to be seen by all and be relied on by all but everyone who comes near me is turned to ash you know is all i want someone to push through it and like acknowledge me validate me you know is it is that kind of tale where it's like this demon was of course like pissed you know and popping off and blowing you know ruined this entire region and it was but it was after what a quest for replacing the sun replacing the thing that gives life to the world you know what i mean gives us light gives us this was it like i envy you said it was envy where it's like i want to be that i want to be that for people and was it meeting dr ace that it's like the tree the demon realizes like i am that to someone this person's Mm -hmm. entire life has been about me has given every waking moment studying me understanding me knowing why i but do they have like a conversation I don't think so. Yeah, how does it work? How do you think it I kind works? of picture I kind of picture it being so I picture it being perhaps as this as Dr. Ace traverses this land and is making these notes and is studying all these things and and piecing together their grand thesis on why the sun tree is as the sun tree is. Mm-hmm. It's them coming to that understanding about the sun tree and every time they kind of crack a moment they're like Every single branch of every single tree that still lives here is pointed towards the sun. And if you watch it over the course of a day, it follows the sun's arc. Mm. Which And they, they, they as they realize these things, they, they feel it get a little cooler. Mm-hmm. And they feel like that energy disperse a little bit. Yeah. And so, like, they realize, like, okay, so this is, some, this is something that it, it wants not to be important to someone, just to be important. Yeah. It wants to be... It wants it, it, the sun, it is creating the sun as its grand art piece 
that it once studied and obsessed over yes. and like thought about. Yes. So finally, there's someone here that goes like, okay, well, I'm going to study it. And as it does that, then it kind of dissipates. And that, you know, as it, it just kind of lets go of things. Cause it's like, yes, this is important. This thing that I've, the sun that I have built is important. And as it studies it, that becomes less powerful until in one final, like solar flare, it all goes up, including Dr. Ace, who then wakes up halfway across the world six months later. So the tree did acknowledge Dr. Ace. Yeah, in its own in its own way. Yeah, it, yeah. Did, it absolutely acknowledged it. But there's no I don't think there was ever a conscious conversation. It was just a, you know, Dr. Ace slowly came to an understanding. And then like in the, the ultimate moment, it kind of uh, poof. So do my question for you is, do demons and warlocks make an actual connection? I think it can vary. Okay. I think it can be either. It can be a person really understanding a tree. Yeah. And like how that tree fits into nature. I think it varies by the demon and by the warlock, right? Like I think it varies. It varies a lot by it varies a lot by demon by warlock. Okay. Um, we still have another table. We still have another thing to roll, right? We, we, flaw we sure do, Aaron. Oh, and let me tell you, it's the flaw. And I'm um, looking at these results and oh boy i mean so i'm ready let's get into this a little bit we can we can get into this we should talk about this now on mic because i know a lot of things were cut i don't know what was cut from last episode i cut almost everything except the fact that we're like if we have the giggles it's because these tables are terrible let's let's talk about D background tables yeah both the officially published ones and the fan-made ones how best to put this uh they horny they they so they horny, horny. So, like, it's so hard. We're taking this story about, like, a person who dedicates their life to understanding a demon tree, loses everything, but understands that the tree repays their debt by giving them life in exchange for its own, and yet we're about to roll on something that's, like, wants to fuck. (laughs) It's frustrating. Yeah, I just, like, and that's fine. Like, characters can be horny. Yes. But, like, it creates a weird dissonant note. And it's oftentimes... Like, it's oftentimes written like a punchline that yes. makes it like, like, okay, cool, they horny. Like, there's nothing not like a, 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 a stone to leap to. It's sort of just like, well, okay, then. And also they're a sucker for a pretty face. Yes. So with all that said. Yeah. Please roll me a six-sided dice. All right, they're flaw. Five, ant. Uh, so I'd, I'd forgotten what the outside looks like, and it's only disappointed me. Okay. 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 Can you read number five again? I'd forgotten what the outside looks like, and it's only disappointed me. I think this says a lot about who this person is, about Dr. Ace. Because sure. this is someone whose life is dedicated to compassion. To Because it's not so much understanding. It's, it is underst- like, that is what empathy is. It's understanding the situation that this, that a being is in, seeing it as that, and saying, I want to release you of whatever shitty human feeling you've developed when's crossing over. You know what I mean? And that's like, that's to me is like kind. So I think a lot of it is like, you know, I've seen the outside world outside of demonology, outside of, you know, what's this region called? Desert of glass. Uh, sure. Sure. Desert, gla- you know, the glass desert. Outside the, gra- of the great glass desert. Outside of the great glass desert. You know, there's, I'm sure lots of, like, warriors in heat-resistant armor have been like, I will go over there and cut down that tree. You know, we can claim this back, and, like, we can, people can live here again. Like, I'm sure that Dr., uh, Dr. Ace's community is like, we're being pushed to the edge of the desert. Like, this is our home. And yeah. Dr. Ace has to be like, folks, tr- can you just trust me? I'm a demonologist. 
I, I don't want to just, yes, we can just hire any, but it'll just come back. And they're like, yes, but that'll give us a brief reprieve. This is someone who's like looking at really great solutions, like great in terms of scale, instead of just, yeah, let's chop down the fucking tree, put on some fire resistant boots and get to it. And this is yeah. someone who's like, I feel something from this tree that is deeper than just a baddie. I feel something. There's something that like, you know, that we share, meaning everyone here and this being, whether or not they understand the lore that we spun at the beginning, but it's like a compassionate, wonderful person that's like, I can't just, we can't just get rid of shit. I've seen how the outside world works, how everyone just kills the fucking demon. It comes back, causes havoc, and no one thinks about the solutions. They keep putting band-aids on it instead of like trying to help, you know, cure the disease instead of, you know what I mean? What is the phrase? You're treating the symptoms instead of the disease. Like they're, they're not, yeah, it's, they're a person who is eternally frustrated because they have this, they have a solid idea or a solid solution and they are often confronted with people who just don't want to take it. Yes. And so like, I think that is, I mean, yeah, they're a person, they're an eternally frustrated optimist. Okay. They are an eternal, an eternally frustrated idealist even. They are somebody that is constantly like, okay, if we stick to this plan, we will make things better. What you're not listening. You're you're grabbing an axe, and why are you grabbing an axe and walking out the door? And they're kind of eternally following behind. They're um, you know who they are? Who are they? There's a. It is uh the cast of the movie Jaws. Okay. The idea that like it's it's the idea it's specifically like Richard Dreyfus as the researcher from Jaws. That's like you can't just you can't just close the beach. The shark is still gonna be there. It's not going away. Truth. Yeah. And like the the researcher in the disaster movie that no one is listening to. Yeah. They're eternally the person holding their glasses. Like you, you're not you're you're not listening. You're not listening to what I'm saying. Can I give you a pitch? Sure. And about it's about someone. Uh, I think that the story we're telling is someone who grew up in this town. Doctor Ace, even when they were a kid, pre doctorate. Um is in a town on the outskirts of this tree. And every now and again, the tree releases heat. You know, you said consumes an area. You know what I mean? And it pushes this mm-hmm. town back. And I think every time that happens, the town says, all right, well, you know, we got to do what we got to do. We got to get a hero, a hero like Conjurer, you know, someone of great power comes, cuts down the tree, destroys the tree, blows the tree away. Everyone cheers and goes, yay. You know what I mean? And it's that's great. And their problem is solved. But I think every time it happens, you know, they're watching kind of with a heavy heart and not that they're like, oh, the tree. No, I think it's because of they 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 hear a groan. They hear a something they hear. a They witness something that they're like, that's not right. That's not something that should happen when you just chop down a haunted fucking tree. Because everyone's like, the haunted tree's gone. The solar flares have ended. We can set up our pool parties again. You know, something happens where they spend their, we said they spend their life like staring at this tree and studying this tree. And it's more, I think, I think it has more to do with how many times this thing has been killed and comes back. I think it's been killed several times. Oh, sure. And has appeared in a different location, destroyed it completely. Everybody moves. And everyone's like, y'all, instead of just shuffling around and chopping this thing down, like, it's it's just a compassionate, wonderful person. And I think a lot of it has to do with they've just watched a thing die so many times that they had to start wondering, like, it clearly wants, it clearly is tied to this world, you know, the same as we are. The same mm-hmm. reason we get up every time you're knocked down, the same reason we rebuild the pool after we get destroyed, the same, you know what I mean? It's seeing that this community that they have in the desert is the same as the tree how every time it gets destroyed it comes back yeah and you know and that's kind of the link to them being like 
wait a minute, you know, this is deeper than just, you know, some demon fighting fantasy bullshit. We have to be kind. We have to be compassionate. We have to understand it. And do does Dr. Ace start, you know, teaching this with their second life? Like when they, you know, they come back, my, you said miles away. Yeah. Are they like, almost like screaming to the hills? Like, y'all put down your sword. Stop fighting these demons. You know, we have to be more of demonologists than just fighters. I dig that. I, I think that's a good, I think that's, yeah, I think that's where they, that's where their, that's where their, their story if not ends, like, moves into the next chapter is them going, like, well, no, like, we have to learn a new way of, of approaching this because the system that we have isn't working. So, like, yeah, I think they do spend the, like, they kind of spend the rest of their days training people and studying things and writing books on this and, like, trying to teach people the, the a different way of approaching things. You know what's an interesting twist? There's an interesting detail, though, that we just added to our world. That means Madame Mysteria kind of reached an understanding with Lemony Locust and it never came back. Mm-hmm. Like, we always talk about, like, oh, where did she go? What happened? And, like, I don't know where she went, but that definitely means that she kind of resolved the what was tying uh, Lemony Locust, the ham, and uh, Squash Cornfield to fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of, like, released them of their pain and, like, whatever right. they were going through. And I dig that. I think that's cool. I think that's a that's nice cool. touch to, like, our world of, like, and then they killed a lot of demons, you know, because it has a lot to do with our demon episode, the guy who summons them, the shithead, yeah. where it's, like, he was not understanding. He saw them as tools, and so they used him as one and fucked him up. Yep. I like this. I dig it. I dig I it. I like it a lot. I think it's I think it's good. I think that's a wrap. I think that's a wrap. This is a big world-building episode. Like, we, we you know, Dr. Ace, I, don't, I think we'll have to return at some point, and we'll kind of, like you know, will appear in another episode about something. But I think this is a good way for us to kind of like another kind of demon episode of like, what are we talking about? Yeah, for sure. You know, and I love it. Wow. Um, awesome. Damn. Great. Thank you so much. Green thumb on the discord. Who is Taylor LeBresh at Leviathan files on a Twitter friend of the show. Taylor LeBresh at Leviathan files on Twitter. Yeah. Host of game closet and check out that interview show because there's been cool people on it. Taylor is running a, uh, Taylor is currently running a, like, uh, tabletop RPG bundle. Taylor is a prolific designer of games. Taylor is currently raising money to go to some conventions this autumn, including Metatopia. Uh, so you can check the show notes for a link to that. It's Taylor's, uh, itch.io store, which I believe is riverhousegames.itch.io. It is, in fact, riverhousegames.itch.io. Go there, uh, check out the bundle, help Taylor get to some cool conventions so that we can hang out. You need to help me personally hang out with Taylor by funding this bundle. Truth. This is pers- you're helping me specifically. Yes. Help Taylor help Jeff. Yes. Because <laughs> I want to hang out with Taylor because Taylor's great. Um, if you'd like to submit a prompt of your own to our little podcast that could, there are ways you can do it. And they're really easy. It's so easy. And you're so clever. I know you were listening to this episode being like, Psh, I could have taken that in a way better direction. Then tell us, prompt us. You can tweet at us at amfc underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. You can post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash all my fantasy children. You can email them to us at all my fantasy children at gmail.com. You can post them to our discord at bit.ly slash amfc discord, or you can go to all my fantasy Boom. While you're there, check out all things all my fantasy children. Check out how sexy that site is. And while you're there, send us a prompt. Oh, Jeff is a second podcast. Speaking of dope websites. Party of One is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week I sit down with a friend, we play a two-player game, we share some laughs, 
maybe a few tears, and we have a really good time. You can find out more information at partyofonepodcast.com. Boom. Um, All My Fantasy Children is proud to be a part of the One Shot Podcast Network. Um, If you like learning a lot about the creative process, check out Design Doc. Uh, Join hosts Hannah Schaefer and Evan Rowland as they redesign their first role-playing game, Questlandia. Design Doc is an experimental and public participatory analog game design. It's fun, it's messy, and you're invited along for the ride. It's so fucking good. That's real good. It's like a great resource, and it's it's I, I'm a huge fan of like I'm a huge fan of the games that have come out of make uh, big things. And uh, Hannah and Evan's games are awesome. They rule, and I can't recommend them enough. So like hearing them make Questlandia two and like talk about things like Kickstarters yes. and the creative process is uh it's it's an I will say it's an essential resource if you're interested in like making games promoting games selling games like they are people who do this and they do it well and they talk and like hearing them talk about it is a valuable resource and here i'll take it a step further i don't make games and it's still really informative because all of these things apply to people anybody who creates anything like they had an episode about pivoting and it was like super informative to be like you know it's okay to sometimes be like we have to go in a different direction because that's what the project needs is what we need you know what i mean there's always yeah. a lot to be found in that show that applies across the board even if you're not a game designer so go listen to it um verbal hug this week uh it's okay to pivot sometimes yeah. it is okay to say okay we need to take this in a different direction we need to work out some things and we need to kind of move it Move it this way in order to move it forward. Like, that is uh, a valuable skill. Speaking of things that they talk about on Design Doc, that I think that's a good verbal hug, is to say, like, if you feel like you are against a wall, perhaps think about, like, maybe not moving forward but sideways, and that there might be a path forward by moving sideways. Sometimes that's the best way to put Sometimes that's the best way to move forward is to move sideways and then up. Absolutely right. That's a very good fucking verbal hug. Oh yeah. What else? Do we, we don't do anything else in the show? I think that's it. I think that's it. On that note, until next time, good night and, and good, good game. game. You reach to the sun while your roots hold you deep. I walk toward your light. The heat spins me away. Yet forward I walk. My entire life revolves around you. It's true. Your silhouette in the wavy air. Your shimmering dominion. The dance we've danced my entire life. You roar and we spin away. We begin and dance anew. Your roar is silenced by the playing of the band. We begin and dance anew. Around and around we go. A dance of ashes and pain. But I am who I am because of you. Your fire spins me away, but I still know you. I know why you burn. The heat, it's too much. Another dance of ashes begins, and I, just another dancer, lost to the music. I've reached toward the sun. My roots held me deep. I know who I am because of you. <laughs>